Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Greetings in the name of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, it is still a privilege to just to come around the table and to break the bread of life. And we really are much thankful for God's protection. Uh, I think in due course, maybe during the course of the week, we will make an announcement in terms of uh, the way forward with our services because now. I think the lockdown regulations are being relaxed, but still we needed to tread with caution. Uh, uh, however, we'll, we'll come back to you uh, probably during the course of the week after we have done consultations, and then from there we'll be able to make an announcement in terms of what is the way forward with our services. My advice is that Mm, although that we are now down to level two, uh, the virus has got no levels. We still need to take precautions uh, as we were advised by the Department of Health. And over and above that, we still need to make sure that we've got spiritual precautions where we pray for ourselves, pray for our families, and as well as pray for fellow believers. Uh, and because God has been good until this far, and we know that many lives have been lost, but uh, as far as our assembly is concerned, we have had no negative report in relation to the members of our church. But although some have lost the loved ones uh, because of the pandemic, and we have lifted them up in our prayers, and we hope that they get comforted and consult and we appreciate the lord now without waste of time uh we i mean, want to speak to you about the joshua generation that's what i want to speak about the joshua generation is my message but before we rate the way to let us pray gracious heavenly father we appreciate you once again that we do have the weight your prophet was told, you told your prophet to store the food. And here we are feasting on the food. We have no new message to present except what has already been presented. We are just the echoes of the voice that spoke in the end time. Hence, we don't want to inject our own ideas. We keep on saying the prophet said, the prophet said, because, dear God, whenever we quote this prophet, we are short because he was indeed a vindicated prophet. And as a result, it gives us the confidence to take the messages that he preached and quote them as we edify your church, dear God. We pray, dear God, for believers across the globe. Dear God, as a result of this pandemic, the many lives have been disrupted, but dear God, I'm glad that you are still on the throne. You are still in control. And dear God, there is bounty to be blessings that you still have for the elected, dear God. And I pray and pronounce blessing upon every brother and every sister 
and dear God, so solidify them and make them to have a closer walk with thee because that is what is paramount in the end time. As I committed the reading of the way to you, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Now, for the scripture reading, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 6. The book of Joshua, chapter 1, uh, from verse 1 to 6. It reads in this manner, if it is found. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, and even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Therefore shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be, of, be, be strong and of a good courage, for unto these people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Now, excuse me. <clears throat> Here, uh, there's a phrase, uh, there's something that I want to draw your attention to, especially from verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass. Mo the Lord says, Moses was my servant. That the Lord speak unto Joshua. After the demise of the servant of the Lord, Moses, then the Lord speak unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. So Moses was the servant of the Lord, and Joshua was a minister of, of Moses. Get the sequence there, right? The Bible does not say Joshua was, was, the, was God's minister. The Bible says Moses' minister. Now, this, this it just tells you that Moses, or Joshua rather, Joshua had no ministry of his own. Joshua had no ministry of his own. The ministry of Joshua emanated from the ministry of Moses. The fivefold ministry has no ministry of their own. Their ministry emanates from the ministry of the prophet. Already tells you, whatever Joshua was going to preach, it had to be within the parameters of what Moses had already preached. We are going to look into that, and that is why I say, let us speak about the Joshua generation. Now, excuse me, <clears throat> and I think we are going to have to debunk some of the myths that are associated with the figure called Joshua. But before I get there, the, there is something that I, I just want to show you in this quotation. Already, what we are going to see is that 
the ministry was moving from profession to possession. They had spent a lot of times in the wilderness speaking about the promised land. But now it was no longer the time to profess. The Joshua ministry was about possession. Moses prophesied. Moses started the process for them to move from Egypt into the wilderness. But the Joshua ministry was about getting over Jordan and getting your piece of land. It had to do with possession. Now, the prophet of God in this message, paragraph 22, speak to the rock and it shall give forth his water. Speak to the rock and it shall give forth his water, paragraph 22. The prophet said God's given every sick person in here divine healing. Every one of you, Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes, we were healed. It's yours. But you'll have to fight for every inch you possess. Although it is given to you, but you'll have to fight for every inch you possess. Everywhere the soles of your feet travel, God told Joshua, I've given you footprints means possession. Let's move in tonight. Amen. Let's go in. Footprints is possession. Let's take every inch of ground that God gives us. If you haven't got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Peter said, the promise is unto you and to your children and to them that's far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Footprints is possession. Footprints is possession. Let's go get it. It's ours. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's possess it. The works that I do, ye shall also. Let's possess it. It's God's promise. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't look how hard it is. Let's possess the land. Now, let me say this to you. The time of Joshua is not about to speak about the promises of God only. It is about, over and above that, it is about possessing and making the promises of God to be a reality. And that is why I want us to look at this, the Joshua generation. Now the prophet continues in this message, speak to the rock and shall give forth his water, paragraph 22, he says, now, here is what it is. It's easy to feel the power of God, to see it when you believe. But, when, but then when it comes to the showdown, are you able to possess the thing that you profess to have? Are you able to possess the thing that you profess to have? That's the thing, brother. We've got to get it. We've got to take it. It's yours. It's ours. But you will fight for every inch of, for every inch. Now, already the prophet is telling you that under, under the Joshua ministry, we have to, to fight. It is a time of war. Brother Branham said the promised land was not a type of the millennium because in the promised land, there was the shedding of the blood. Now, giants are still there. Yes, God made a promise and said, divine healing is yours, rapture is yours, happiness is yours, joy is yours. All those things have, that have been promised to the believers, but yet we have to fight for every inch. It's not going to be given to us on the silver platter. We have to go and make sure that we possess we have to make sure that we make a claim and take it from the giants that are on the land. But as Joshua and Caleb once said, we are more than able. I want to say we are more than able. Now, 
I want us to look at and I want to say, what is who is Joshua? This is a this is a contested title in the message cycles. Many have risen, many have claimed to be the Joshua's, but who is Joshua according to the message of the hour? The prophet in the message. I'm the firm believer that if there is a, a message question, there must be a message answer, not insinuations. We don't believe in insinuations. We believe in the word of God. We don't believe in extrapolations. We believe in the word of God. We don't believe in private interpretations. We believe in the word of God. Now, here is Malachi 4 answering the question as to who is Joshua. In the message, the choosing, the church is choosing law for grace. Paragraph 59. Prophet said the great is Joshua, the Holy Ghost. The great is Joshua, the Holy Ghost, that received the promise of, from God that come down to lead us. He has never doubted it. Joshua never doubted it. It was God's general. Already the prophet is telling you that Joshua, in the Old Testament, it referred to an individual called Joshua as a, as a shadow or as a type of the Holy Ghost in the New Testament. In the New Testament, Joshua is the Holy Ghost. Now he says he has never doubted it. Joshua never doubted it. He was God's general. That's exactly right. He was God's general. And he was the one who led the children. Is the same Holy Spirit, God's general, the chief captain that stood at the gates of Jericho when Joshua came up. The same chief captain, our general, wants to lead us into the promised land and is the only man can do it. Our organizations will not do it. Thou says the Lord. Mark that down. Put that in your book and see if that was not right or not. No organization will, no organization will never take you over. It will keep you right on the mountain. But the Holy Spirit will take you to the promised land. Now, organizations, men's interpretations are just going to keep us around the mountain. But it will take the Holy Ghost. It will be the one that will make us to cross over Jordan and to possess every promise of God. Hope it is becoming very clearer. The Holy Ghost is the Joshua of today. The Holy Ghost is God's general for today. The Holy Ghost is the chief captain for today. The Holy Ghost is the leader today. The Holy Ghost is the one that will take us into the promised land after Moses has left the scene. Now, bear in mind, Moses typed William Brenham in the end time because he was a dispensational prophet. Today, William Brenham is not here, but we've got the assurance of the leadership of the Holy Ghost. And this Holy Ghost will anoint men, plural, the fivefold ministry that will preach the message which will be the product of Moses' ministry. The message does not change. Although Joshua continued where Moses left off, but we found out that the message never changed. Most Joshua came to emphasize what Moses had already preached. The fivefold ministry today cannot bring a new message. They have to emphasize what Malachi 4 has already delivered to this generation. Now, let's put it this way. It is very interesting that immediately... After the battle, immediately after Joshua took over, rather, 
after Joshua took over, the first thing that he did after they crossed the Jordan, before they could engage in the promise, before they could engage in any battle, before they could do anything, there is something critical that Joshua did. Joshua, in the book of Joshua 5, chapter 5, verse 2 and 5, the Bible says, At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the heel of the four skins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness, by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised. But all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. Now, this is very profound. Before Joshua could engage in any battle, the first thing that he did, he conducted circumcision. What, what does it mean, circumcision scriptural? He cut off flesh from the camp. He reduced drastically flesh in the ground because they now had to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now today, before we can take and seize any promise of God, before we can meet the challenge of the hour, before we can drive out the giants, the first and foremost thing that has to happen in the camp, there's got to be circumcision. We've been long in the, in the journey. They had been long in the journey for 40 years, and they had accumulated too much flesh. Now it was time to get rid of flesh. And I believe the church, because the journey of the Israelites had typed the, typed the church, the church has been long on the journey. We've gone around the mountain for too long. And it is now time that we turn northward. But as we turn northward, the first thing that we have to do in the camp, it is to cut off flesh. It is to reduce the flesh that had been accumulated over a period of time so that we can be led by the Spirit. That's what Joshua, that's what the Holy Ghost will do. The Holy Ghost has to come and incinerate every habit the Holy Ghost has, come, has to come and incinerate every lust. The Holy Ghost has to come and cleanse the church of every flesh element so that we are completely under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Now, prophet says, in the message the Israel, Israel and the church, paragraph 74, he says, then when Joshua came down to the end, Joshua took Moses' place. Joshua had been in the camp all the time. He and Caleb was the only two that started back there at the beginning that went over. Now the whole generation died off because of unbelief. God started a new generation. He started Joshua to be the leader, him and Caleb. Now, let me remind you, Joshua is the Holy Ghost operating through the fivefold ministry in the church. And Caleb types the bride. And Moses types the end time prophet. So the end time prophet would leave the scene, but as he leaves the scene, the Holy Ghost, through the leadership of the fivefold ministry in the church, will take the leadership, will not be under the leadership of men, but will be under the leadership of the Holy Ghost operating through dedicated men, and those men 
will echo what Moses slash the end time prophet has preached. They will not bring anything new. They will not bring any private interpretation. They will say as Joshua would come and address the nation and say the prophet Moses said, the prophet Moses said, the prophet Moses said, this mean fivefold ministry, the Holy Ghost will operate with them and they will quote the prophet and they will say the prophet said, the prophet said, the prophet said. They may sound like a broken record to many, but they are right on track. They are right on the spot because they've got not their own message. They only repeat what Moses has already spoken. And that is why if you are tired of us keeping on saying, Brother Brenham said, Brother Brenham said, we are still going to really make you very tired because we are not going to change until the rapture takes place. As the Israelites, when they left Egypt, the only thing if you were to ask them, where are you going? They would have said, Moses said. What are you doing? Moses said. What are you eating? Moses said. So it is exactly in the same way the teachings of William Brenham as Malachi 4, as Luke 17, 30, as Revelation 10, 7 are paramount to the church. We use these teachings to run our families. We use these teachings to run our churches. If you want to win us, just tell us the prophet said. Not a private interpretation, not your own opinion, but when you show us what the prophet said, brother, if we are wrong, we will repent immediately. But this prophet said, stay with what the tape say. He said, many will come after me and say, when he said this, he actually meant that. No, say, let the tape speak for themselves. Now, in the message, O oh Lord, just once more. O oh Lord, just once more. I think it is paragraph 38. I must, yeah, this is paragraph 38, if I'm not mistaken. A prophet says, so when all, when all these, when all these who made this great big group of organization, old timers, it was called, all right, God let them stay there till every one of them died. And when he started with the new generation, under the leadership of Joshua, who believed the word, amen, and he took them to the promised land. Now, you know, the Moses generation, we have, to, we have to speak these things as uncomfortable as they are, we have to speak to them. The Moses generation, there is an English saying that goes, familiarity breeds contempt. These are the people that knew how Moses ran away from Egypt. These are the people that knew how Moses was a fugitive. These are the people that knew how Moses was born and how he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. These are the people that knew when Moses was born and where he was born. And as a result, because of that familiarity, we find them moving out of Egypt but as they are following Moses, anything that Moses says, they subjected it to a debate. We had people like Korah and Dathan that would rise day after day debating with Moses and sometimes would even use people like uh, Miriam, the sister of Moses, this is familiar. To them, they only saw the flesh part of the ministry. To them, they could trace where Moses was born, how he was born, and the events that took place in the life of Moses. And as a result, they only saw the human part of Moses, but they did not see the supernatural part. That is why they would debate with Moses 
for everything that he said. But people like Joshua and Caleb were there. They saw the supernatural pattern, would not debate with Moses. They would not subject Moses, whatever he said. They would not subject, thou says the Lord, to the debate. Now, similarly, in the end time, we have had the Moses generation. These are the people that were there when the prophet started. This, and I'm not referring to all of them. We've got great men that became dedicated to the message of the hour. And I often would want to repeat that Brother Ed Biskel was one of them. He still remained and became loyal to what the messenger spoke about. And we have got great men like Brother Valeratif. We've got great men around the world that associated with the prophet. And after the prophet left, they are still keeping, keep, keeping on. And those men, I can say, they are the Caleb material. Now, let's put it this way. But in the same vein, we have had people that debated with Brother Brenham. We have had people after the prophet left, they said he made mistakes and they are here to correct Brother Brenham's mistakes. And God has allowed those old fighters to perish in the wilderness, but is now raising a new generation under the leadership of Joshua, the Holy Ghost, the commander, the chief captain, who believed the way and took them to the promised land. Now, Brother Brenham says in this message at Gadish Banir, paragraph 59, he says, what we need today is some men that will challenge the hour that we live in. That's right. In the day when discrepancy and everything else has crept in under the name of religion and so forth and under the name of salvation, the Holy the gospel, we need somebody to be raised up among us like God raised up Moses to take the place in that day. Yes. A lot of times this, mis this quotation is being misused as to insinuate that there would be an individual that would rise and replace Brother Brenham. Brother, let me tell you something. They asked Brother Brenham a question. Will the bride have a ministry? Brother Brenham said, yes, the bride will have a ministry and it will be the fivefold ministry. It will be the Holy Spirit operating through the fivefold ministry who are God's way to take the church over. It will not be one man. It will be a plural of men that will come and line up with the word of God and echo what the prophet has already spoken. He says what we need in this hour, in the message, God is Bania, paragraph 125, what we need in this hour is a man to challenge the promise of God before the people. God promised the pouring out of the out of the Pentecostal blessing in the last days. I mean a real Pentecostal pour out. It's time for it to come. Another Gadish Bania has arrived. Yes, sir. Now, when you go and read in another message, Brother Brenham puts it in plural. He says we need the mighty Gentile warriors that would stand with David. And he, Brother Brenham said, come and stand with me so that we can challenge this hour. And I'm saying we are available as the Gentile mighty warriors to take sides with Malachi 4, to take sides in confronting error, to take sides again, confronting Satan who is hiding under the religion. So it is not referring to one man. It is referring to men and women that will be scattered around the world, but in particular referring to the fivefold ministry that God will raise in the church, pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers that would take the church over, that would be under the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Now, Brother Roman says, as I was with Moses in the message, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Paragraph 7, it says, Now Joshua, the new warrior, only two left now, that ever left the promise 
that was Joshua and Caleb. These were reliable, two reliable men. When they were sent to spy the land, it was 12 men and 10 came with a negative report. But these two, Joshua and Caleb, came with a positive report and say, we are more than able to take the land. The rest, they said, we looked at the giants. And when we compared ourselves to the giants, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. And let me say, we are having men that are beginning to discourage the church of the living God. We are having men that are beginning to reduce the quality of the message to denominationalism. But I'm glad that God will have the Caleb material through the Joshua material. And now Joshua, the new commander to lead an army, to step into the place where a great man like Moses stood, it was no little task. Today, as we address the church of the living God, it is not a little task. To step there, then the only safety, safe zone is just to repeat what Malachi 4 has said. For Joshua to be saved, he had to say, Moses said. For us to be saved, we have to say, Brother Brenham said, Brother Brenham said. Now, he continues, paragraph 32, in the same message, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And it says, and to Joshua, the new commander of the army, after Moses had passed on, seeing that God stayed with him in his mistakes. Brother, you can try to show us the mistakes of Moses, but did we, the Joshua generation, know that despite the mistakes, God stayed with Moses. Despite the mistakes, God stayed with Malachi 4. I read the same quotation, paragraph 32, in the message, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And to Joshua, the new commander of the army, after Moses had passed on, seeing that God stayed with him in his mistakes, he held his commission up. No matter what Moses done, it was Moses' office that God respected. No matter what Moses done, it was Moses' office that God respected. And today I want to submit, no matter what happened in the life of William Brenham, but one thing for sure, we know that God stayed with him because God respected his office. And we respect his office in the end time. We, the Joshua generation. Now, you know, something happened here. The people in the book of Joshua chapter 1, verse 16. They answered Joshua saying, all that thou commandest us, we will do. And with, with whosoever thou sendest us, we will go. Oh, brother. These people are saying to Joshua, Where, whatever you command us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Verse 17. But it, this is not a blank check. This is not a blank check. And in verse 17, these people are giving a suspensive condition. It says, according as we hearkened unto Moses in all things. This is the Joshua generation. The Moses generation has been wiped out. But the Joshua generation say, according as we hearkened unto Moses, in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. So these people are saying, wherever you say we must go, we'll go. Whatever you command us to do, we will do. However, and as we listen to Moses on, on all things, we will listen to you but provided that the same God that was with Moses is with thee. Oh, brother, in one message, these people are saying, in one scripture they're saying, 
you stay with the book. These people knew what knew what Moses had taught. And they say, as long as you remain with what Moses taught, as long as the power of the God of Moses are with, is, are with you, the powers of the God of Moses are with you, as long as the God of Moses is with you, we will listen to you. This is the suspensive condition. So right now, the church must familiarize themselves with what Moses had, has taught. And they must, and what Moses has taught, it is a standard for every minister. As, as Joshua was Moses' minister, today we are ministers operating under Malachi 4. So the church must know what the standard is. And when they know what the standard is, they will be able to judge when the fivefold ministry begins to drift off the way. And that is why if you don't know the standard, you're going to be misled. The books, spoken words, are not only to be read by the preachers. The tapes are not only to be listened to by the preachers. Even the laity must listen to the tapes. Even the laity must read the books so that they know the standard, so that if there is a deviation from the standard, the people would know that, no, 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 this is not what he said. This doctrine is not longer, longer backed up by the God of Moses. But you have got to know the standard. A Jesuit generation is the people of the book. This gets me excited. Revelation 10, then I saw a mighty angel come down with a book that was open. It's a book, it's a title deed. These people, they are watching what is in the book. Yes, Joshua speak, but we know what is in the book. And we want you to line up with what is in the book. These people are not just, are not just swallowing anything that comes their way. They've got the stand. They've got what Brother Bram calls a thinking man's filter, which is the Holy Ghost. They check whether is it approved by the Holy Ghost. They don't just swallow anything under the disguise of religion because they know the standard. The Joshua generation gets me excited. The Moses generation, although they moved out of Egypt, but they kept on thinking about the cucumbers, about the garlics, about the salad, and even the conveniency of the burial sites in Egypt. These people were, had been long under slavery until they were accustomed to believe that slavery was normal. But the Joshua generation had a land on their mind. They say we are more than able to go and possess the land. We are not, we are not only interested in the garlic, we are not interested in the cucumbers, but we are interested in possessing the land. Let me put it this way. This is getting me very exciting. The Joshua generation, the Moses generation were babied. They had to be given the manna. They never fought any battle. But the Joshua, as soon as they crossed over Jordan, the manna ceased. They had to eat the fruits of the land. They had to eat the crop from the land. They had to be there and fight for every inch of the ground. And even the pillar of fire disappeared because that pillar of fire took a human form. And today it's exactly the same thing. We don't have the, we don't see the pillar of fire with a visible eye, but the pillar of fire has taken a human form, which is the bride of Jesus Christ. And that is why today Satan, we are willing to go toe by toe with Satan. We're not in the ministry to be babied or to be pat on the back. We will fight for every inch of the ground. We will drive the giants out. I'm really comforted that men like Caleb said 40 years ago, I received the promise. And 40 years later, as an 80-year-old man, I'm still willing to say, give me my mountain. And if there are giants on my mountain, I am more than willing to drive them out. This is not a generation that must be, that must be, that can be buried. This is the generation of possessors. 
The Moses generation were just professing. Yes, brother, we've been professing. We're in the message. We are under the message of the hour. God has made promises. But those days are gone. This is the time to possess every inch of the ground. This is the time to drive giants out of our families, to drive giants out of our marriages, to drive giants out of our children's lives, to drive giants out of our churches. This is a time where every member of the Jewish generation must have a sword because it's a time of war. A war has been declared. Oh, this gets me very excited. Now, this is how people responded and say, as long as the God of Moses is with you, whatever you command us to do, we will do. Wherever you want us to go, we will go. This, this was not a generation of debaters. You know, I really cannot stand anyone that would want to debate with the prophet. Because there is no, there is no, there is no, there is nothing that proves that a man has really wandered off than a man to have the audacity to debate with the prophet. Thou says the Lord can never be subjected to a debate. And this Joshua generation understood, according as we hearken unto Moses in all things. Excuse me. Moses even taught them how to prepare the lamb before they left Egypt. No matter how many times they cooked the lamb, but that night they were given a prophetic recipe. And you would have never dared to use your own recipe. It would have resulted in death. So anything from the cooking, from, from blood on the doorpost, everything was about this what Moses said. This Moses said. This Moses said. Because this Joshua generation knew that Moses had to be listened to in all things. And today we are listening to Malachi for in all things. Brother, why are you doing this in your church? Because the prophet said. Why is your family like that? Because the prophet said. Why are you dressing like that? Because the prophet said. Why is music like this in your church? Because the prophet said. Why, goodness, Anything. Why? Why is your hair like that? Because the prophet said. Why is money used like the prophet said? Everything that we do, we must be able to back it up by the prophet said. I have no room to operate with men's opinions. Because the quickest way to get people to hell is through men's opinions. Heavens and earth shall pass away. But his weight shall never pass away. And what is the way? When God has got the weight, he delivers the weight to the prophets. And the prophets deliver the weight to the church. So therefore, the prophet's message is the word of God. If you want to convince me, just tell me the prophet said. However way you can debate, if it is devout of the prophet said, it's not going to go any far with me personally. Everything that I do depends and is hanging on what the prophet said because he said, even if you don't understand to believe, at the day of judgment, I will take a stance for you. So therefore, I've got confidence to make sure that whatever I do is hanging on the prophet said. Now, the Joshua generation did not allow unholiness in the camp. In the message, Adoption, paragraph 56. And they slayed the Amorites and the Hittites, and there wasn't one head among any of them until sin come in the camp. As long as the camp was clean, they overcame. And when Achan took the Babylon garment and that gold wedge, and hid it under his camp. Then the next day, they lost 16 men 
Joshua said, stop, stop. Wait a minute. There is something wrong. Something's wrong here. We are going to call seven days of fast. God made us a promise. There will be nothing hurt us. Our enemies will fall at our feet. There is something wrong here. Something went wrong somewhere because we got 16 men laying here. They are Israelites, brothers, and they are dead. God made a promise to Joshua that there will never be any casualties in the camp. But when he saw men dying, then Joshua said, we cannot continue with the battle. The Joshua generation will not stage victory. They need real victory because they know you can never get warm by a painted fire. If there are no victories, they've got the audacity to say, let's stop the battle. Something has gone wrong. There's been a deviation because God made a promise that things will be this way. And if things are not that way, the Joshua generation is willing to make an introspection and assess what has gone in the camp and call out error if it has been committed in the end. The Joshua generation it is characterized by boldness. It is characterized by, by courage. It is characterized by, by, oh goodness, this generation is an uncompromising generation because they know that there cannot be any margin of error. There are giants on all over. And if we are not watchful, in the Moses generation, they could, they could be there, wonder and debate, because there was no battle. But yeah, if one mistake, a giant will take out your life. But I'm glad that there is a promise. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The church is now being led by the great commander, the Holy Ghost himself, and that Holy Ghost is the Joshua of today. Through the fivefold ministry, they are placing the church positionally. Brother Brown said, we have had the Joshua book, and the Joshua book tapped the Ephesian book. And Brother Brown said, there must be another Ephesians because God is perfected in three. And in the end time, we're having Joshua again. We're having the Ephesian church again. Oh, brother, this gets me excited because in the message, in the message, I think it is in the message, it is the rising of the sun. Brother Brenham, he comes, says he's preaching. He says, let's take it an octave higher. And when you go and check an octave higher, in the, in the music, they speak about the seven-note musical scale. And they, and they say the eighth one is the first one, but an octave higher. So therefore, similarly, Brother Brenham, that is why he said, I preached as Paul preached. This age, it is like the bright age, not the Laodicean, the bright age, that period of grace where it is the duality of ages, where the, the church is caught up in Laodicea, but the bride has migrated in the bright age. And right there, which we would call in inverted commas, the eighth age, which does not mean that we'll have the eighth messenger because in the eighth age, that bright age, the Holy Ghost age, the honing age, right in that age, the Lord himself is the one that is there who was introduced by Malachi 4. It will be the first one, first age, but an octave higher. Hope we are together. Now, the Moses generation was a murmuring generation. The Joshua generation is not a murmuring generation. It's a generation of possessors. The Moses generation only professed, but the Joshua generation possesses. The Moses generation was babied. They had to rely on the manna that fell from heaven. But brother, the Joshua generation will take the land and enjoy the fruits of the land. The Moses generation debated with the prophet because of familiarity. They had a problem where he was born whether the bridge fell or did not fall, 
all those nonsense. But the Joshua generation has got no time for that. They believe in Moses in all things. The Moses generation never fought wars. The Joshua generation, they've got their swords out. They are willing to drive the giants out of the promised land. What is the promised land? Brother Bruno says it's not the millennium, but it is the Holy Ghost. And whose Joshua is not an individual, is the Holy Ghost through the fivefold ministry that helps the church to be placed positionally. Joshua did not have a new ministry. Joshua was just echoing. It was an extension of the Moses ministry. So similarly, we have the Joshua generation. The Joshua generation realized we are surrounded by giants. They've got no time for silly church politics. They've got no time for silly isms. They've got no time for private interpretations. They've got no time for the people that would want to correct the prophet. Actually, the moment you dare correct Moses, the Joshua generation switches off. And similarly, this generation, the Joshua generation today, when you dare try to correct the prophet, they switch off. Yes, they know. Moses had mistakes, as Brother Brenham said, but God stayed with Moses because it was the office of Moses that God respected. If you want to show me the mistakes of the prophet, fine. But remember, God stayed with this prophet. And in the same vein, God respected the office of this prophet. And I, as a member of the Joshua generation, I will respect the prophet until the rapture takes place. Therefore, no matter how many people leave the message and leave the prophet, we are not going to leave the prophet of the hour. We are here to stay because everything he prophesied, we can see it coming to pass. Even your coronavirus and even the mass, Brother Brennan prophesied about it. No matter what the devil would want to dilute those prophecies, but those prophecies every time, they are coming to pass it to the dot. So that is why the Joshua generation is not looking to the cucumbers and things that have happened. In, they are not going to embrace things that they, they, are, that they have left in Egypt. They are not like a dog that vomits and later eats the vomits. It's vomits. No, brother. We have, oh, brother, the Joshua generation are like the great Alexander the Great. The Alexander the Great, we are told, when he had soldiers, he went somewhere to fight the battle. And as soon as they crossed the river with the boats, when they got on the other side, he said, let's bend the boats. And one soldier said, how are we going to cross the river on our way back? He says, we are going to use the enemy's boats. So he understood that there is only one way. Either we are going to win or we are going to win. So the only option that they had, it was of victory. And the Joshua generation is exactly the same way. We will possess every inch of the ground. We will drive the giants out. We will take our piece of land. And footprints means possession. And we will walk over. And wherever we walk, it is ours. We'll walk over our marriages. We'll walk over our finances. We'll walk over our children. We'll walk over our churches. And wherever we walk, it means possession. We possess that. So this is not a moment. The Joshua generation does not have a time for pity parties. The Joshua generation, these are warriors. These are the mighty gentle warriors. These are the people that are brave, like the men that were with David. The Joshua generation, not looking for cucumbers, but they are looking for the land. And they will possess the land. May God richly bless us that we may not be like the Moses generation that perished in the wilderness. Let us turn northward. And let us go and possess the land as we bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for all the things that you have done for us. We appreciate you for your grace and mercy. 
and your protection until this far. And we protect, we pray for protection of the believers, we pray for their health, we pray for their provision. It's a pray for everything about them for their health, dear God. May you continue to be there for us and give us the wisdom to navigate this tough terrain that we find ourselves in in the end time so that we are able to be responsible and that every decision that we make it is sanctioned and approved by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for making us to be part of the Joshua generation a generation that will not debate with Moses, a generation that will hear and listen and abide by everything that Moses had spoken. We appreciate that, dear God, as we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May God richly bless you. Until such time we meet again, I hope this will be a blessing. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus.